Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report, and this is the International Vaccine Report and an international report on all that's going on globally that's affecting humanity. With me today are Dr. Mike Eden and freedom fighter from Croatia, businessman and TV host, Andrea Klerich. And of course, I'm Dr. Lee for America. And we are once again bringing you some of the findings from around the world with the new data on vaccine injury and other threats to our health and survival. First, want to focus on the vaccine bombshell report with a published study with authors that many of us from the whistleblower report family know well. Dr. Paul Alexander, Dr. Roger Hodkinson, and others on the team that analyzed autopsy data from those who got the COVID shot and published a peer-reviewed paper originally approved and peer-reviewed and accepted by The Lancet and posted to their preprint online platform and then suddenly censored within 24 hours. And that was just another cover up of the systematic review of autopsy findings in deaths after COVID-19 vaccination. And this was a very powerful study. Let's listen to the discussion from Roman Balmakov, investigative journalist with the Epoch Times as he discusses this important study. Earlier this month, a massive study on the COVID vaccines was published in a well-respected medical journal, only to be censored 24 hours later. Now, the study in question is this one right here. Its title is A Systematic Review of Autopsy Findings in Deaths After COVID-19 Vaccination. And this particular study was essentially a systematic review of many different autopsies of people who died following vaccination with the conclusion of the study being that the COVID vaccine either caused or significantly contributed to the deaths of 74% of these individuals. Now, on July 5th, this study was published on the Lancet Medical Journal's preprint server. This is a server where researchers can place their studies in order for them to get peer reviewed. And according to Dr. Peter McCullough, who was the lead researcher, well, despite the fact that the study was experiencing, quote unquote, hundreds of reviews per minute, the Lancet Medical Journal decided to pull it down. 
Now, before we dive into the rationale or lack thereof for pulling this study offline, let me take a super quick moment to go through how this study was conducted as well as what it actually found. Now, to start with, this particular study was conducted by nine different researchers, including Dr. Peter McCullough, who's published over 1,000 publications and has around 660 citations to his name. You have Dr. Harvey Risch, who is a professor of epidemiology at Yale. You had Dr. Roger Hutkinson, who is the former chairman of the examination committee in pathology at the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons. And you had Dr. Paul Alexander who was a former official at the U.S. Department of Health during the pandemic under President Trump. And then besides them, you had five other very qualified doctors and researchers with thousands of publications and medical citations between all of them. And the reason that I think this is worth pointing out is just to give you the background. These individuals behind this particular study, they understood what the publication process actually looks like. Then, in terms of the study itself, here is how it was conducted. Quote, researchers searched all published autopsy and necropsy reports related to COVID-19 vaccination through May 18th of 2023, resulting in 678 studies. After implementing inclusion criteria, they chose 44 papers containing 325 autopsy cases and one necropsy case. A panel of three expert physicians independently reviewed each case to determine whether COVID-19 vaccination was a direct cause or significant factor in each death. So essentially, they took a look at all the autopsy and necropsy reports that were related to the COVID vaccine up until May 18th of this year. Then, after compiling all these reports, they wound up with 678 studies. These researchers then used something called the PRISMA method, which stands for the Preferred Reporting Items for Systematic Reviews and Meta-Analysis. It's a long title, but basically it's a 27-point checklist that researchers typically go through in order to make their analysis as transparent and complete as possible. Now, on your screen, you can see a small part of the process. It involves things like removing duplicate records, removing irrelevant records, and removing records that after initial review wind up not being eligible because maybe the proper tests weren't done during autopsy and so on and so forth. It's a very long 27-point list that after applying this PRISMA criteria to the 678 studies, the researchers were left with 44 papers, which contained a total of 325 autopsy cases and one necropsy case. And for your reference, in this context, a necropsy case is just an autopsy for animals rather than humans. And so then, once these researchers narrowed down their search to just these 325 COVID vaccine-related autopsies, they dug into each one of them and reviewed each individual case in these studies were either a direct result of the vaccine or the vaccine played a significant factor in the actual death. Furthermore, in terms of the mechanism, well, here's what the researchers wrote. Quote, the most implicated organ system in COVID-19 vaccine-associated death was the cardiovascular system with 53% followed by the hematological system at 17%, the respiratory system at 8%, and multiple organ systems at 7%. Three or more organ systems were affected in 21 cases. Okay, so that is what they found. Out of the 325 autopsies that they independently looked at, 240 of them were determined to be directly related to the vaccine. Furthermore, they included a graphical representation of the time that it took between a person's last vaccine dose and their death. It looked like this. As you can see, there is a significantly elevated risk of death within the first 12 days, which then tapers off as the weeks become months. The average time from vaccination to death was 14.3 days, with the bulk of the deaths taking place, as you can see, within a week of the final vaccine dose. And so this is what they wrote in their study, including a lot more technical details and resources. Then they submitted the study to be published in the Lancet Medical Journal's preprint SSRN server. 
And it's worth mentioning that although the study did not yet undergo a formal review process, the Lancet did accept it for publication on the preprint server. And the preprint server, just for your reference, is where papers that have yet to be peer reviewed are published. And it provides a good opportunity for other researchers across the world to be able to go in, review the work, and leave notes. But not just anyone can publish on this preprint server either, because in order to be published on the SSRN, a paper must undergo the, quote, usual SSRN checks and a Lancet-specific check for appropriateness and transparency, which this particular paper passed, therefore was published. However, wouldn't you know it, within just a cool 24 hours, the study was taken down, and it was replaced by the following notice, quote, this preprint has been removed by preprints with the Lancet because the study's conclusions are not supported by the study methodology. That is rather vague. And in fact, according to Dr. Peter McCullough, the authors of the paper were not given an actual explanation for why their conclusions failed to meet the study methodology. The journal just threw out that notice and said, that's how it is. Now, we here at the Epoch Times were able to get in touch with Dr. Harvey Risch, who was the professor of epidemiology over at Yale and one of the study authors, and he got back to us via email saying that he believes, quote, the paper was censored by the Lancet's publisher, Elsevier, at the behest of the Trusted News Initiative, or a derivative organization of the Trusted News Initiative, based on the study results providing strong evidence that some COVID-19 vaccine injections can have severe adverse effects leading to death. This is my impression, he said, given that the paper was removed at its preprint stage before scientific peer review and without any other professional scientific involvement in the censorship decision. Meaning that, in his opinion, it was the parent media company that owns the Lancet Medical Journal that made this decision. Now, just for your reference, the organization that he referenced in this email to us, the Trusted News Initiative, is sort of a collaboration between different major news outlets and these different big tech companies in order to supposedly stop the spread of harmful vaccine disinformation. And so the way that it works is that these different media companies and social media companies, they become trusted news initiative partners. And then once they become a partner, they alert each other about this information that poses a quote, immediate threat to life. So content can be reviewed promptly by platforms whilst publishers ensure they don't unwittingly republish dangerous falsehoods. Now, I am not a fan of censorship at all, but I will say that if your cousin Vinny is posting advice on Instagram about how drinking Windex can solve your seasonal allergy problem, well, there's at least an argument to be made that that post should be taken down because someone might take that post seriously, drink Windex, and get hurt. And so that, at least on the surface, makes sense. However, it's an entirely different story when you have a study like this one here conducted by nine researchers who between them have quite literally thousands of publications and medical citations to their names they publish a study, which is incredibly important, showing that there might be a connection between the vaccine that 80% of the country took and these particular deaths. After they published the study, according to Dr. Peter McCullough, it was experiencing hundreds of reviews per minute across the world, meaning that other researchers were going into this preprint server and looking and reviewing the findings and leaving notes. And yet, instead of allowing this actual scientific process to play itself out, the journal decided that they will can the entire study leave a cryptic message in its place without any real explanation given to either the study authors or the public in general. In fact, here's what Dr. Peter McCullough told us regarding this removal. Quote, when it comes to the vaccines, papers get special attention. I think because there are individuals who don't want to have a fair presentation of data when it comes to safety. This was simply what happened when someone died after a vaccine in the family or the doctor or the medical examiner requested an autopsy. And what's really odd about all this, at least to me, is that these types of actions are still taking place today in 2023 
under the banner of stopping supposed disinformation, which poses threat to human life. But here's the question. What threat does a study like this actually pose? You could say, well, this study could increase vaccine hesitancy and less people will take the shot. But is that even really true? I mean, this study was taken down earlier this month in July of 2023. And think about it. If someone in this country, having lived through the past three years and all the nonstop propaganda to get people vaccinated, and if they still haven't been vaccinated, if they still have not taken the shot, well, they're very likely not going to. At the beginning of this year, 81% of Americans received at least one dose of the vaccine. And then seven months later, in July, that number hasn't changed. It's still 81%. That appears to be exactly where it'll stay unless you quite literally strap down and force those remaining 19% to get the shot. And so the question becomes, what exact harm does it do to society to investigate whether or not these deaths are related to the vaccine? That's what I personally just don't understand. How does the so-called Trusted News Initiative justify the sort of vaccine hesitancy censorship argument today in the year 2023? Doesn't make sense to me. Furthermore, with so many high-profile cases of cardiac arrest in recent months, including just yesterday with LeBron James's son passing out right there on the basketball court, well, I would say that these types of studies are becoming ever more important. They're not becoming less important, they're becoming more important. And so censoring them like this, well, it makes very little sense to me if the goal is really just to figure out what the actual truth is. And especially when the journal does it like this, where they just remove the paper, scrub it from the web, and don't offer any legitimate explanation. Which, by the way, just for your reference, was not the first time this happened. I remember the first time I reported on it was back in 2021, where you had a similar situation play itself out with another paper. That paper claimed that COVID vaccines increased the risk of myocarditis in teenagers. That paper was taken down, but now, with the gift of 2020 hindsight, we know how that actually turned out. Regardless, Dr. Peter McCullough's analysis of these 325 different autopsies was taken down from the Lancet Medical website. But fortunately, they were able to re-upload it to the Zenodo preprint server, where, as of right now, it has 99,000 views and 82,000 downloads, which is, frankly, a lot for, the, for this sort of a paper. And so if you'd like to check the paper out for yourself and comb through their research, I'll throw the link down into the description box below this video for you to check out. You can click on that link and head on over to the Zenodo server, where can find it. And then until next time, I'm your host, Roman from the Epic Times. Well, that is truly a staggering summary. And again, extremely alarming that once again, government, big tech, media collusion is preventing humanity around the world from getting truthful information about the risk of the COVID shots. And the other tragedy to this, speaking as a practicing physician who is involved in evaluating vaccine damage in my own patients, as you heard, 81% of Americans got at least one shot. So even though I may have warned my patients that they didn't need to incur the risk of taking an experimental shot, many of them were pressured by employers and other doctors to go ahead and get it. And now they are suffering complications. So if we understand what the shots are causing in the way of damage, we could actually do preventive steps now after the shot to reduce their risk of getting complications resulting in death. We can do blood tests of inflammatory markers. 
We can help with proper treatment to reduce the vascular damage, reduce the heart damage, reduce brain damage. But you have to understand that the shots can cause this damage in order for physicians to order the right test to find out what damage a particular person has encountered. And so that's another danger of censoring the information, showing a direct connection with the shots, causing damage to all these organ systems. You are preventing people from getting properly diagnosed and get help before damage results in death. Dr. Yaden, any comments on what the study showed and what I've just said? Yes, uh, the, yes, the study is um, sobering. It's not surprising to me. Um, I was amongst a couple of people along with a German doctor, Wolfgang Vodag, who warned before any of them had emergency use authorization that we anticipated a number of problems, uh, some of which are being detailed in this study. And that was because, certainly in my case, my decades of rational drug design uh, led me to read the intent of the design into the structure. So I examined the structure and I could see uh, a probability of autoimmune disease, um, injury due to the directly toxic uh, spike protein, uh, and impact on fertility because of the use of the lipid nanoparticles. So and I put that to people, ladies and gentlemen, that, that the concatenation of these three factors uh, rules out, in my mind, inadvertent toxicity. I'm afraid this is deliberate, uh, which is an awful thing, but that's why we put the warning out. We, we believe this is deliberate and that's the mechanism. So I'm not surprised to see these deaths being ascribed uh, in some cases by an august team of scientists, some of whom I know personally, in many cases to the vaccine, uh, these injections. Uh, and we're aware of many, many studies. Um, a colleague of mine just sent me a, a reminder to a study published in a peer-reviewed journal in Switzerland, which uh, says that one in 35 recipients of these, I think at least the mRNA products, have got myocarditis, maybe subclinical, but they can detect damage to the myocardium, uh, as you will be familiar, measured uh, in blood, uh, enzymes in the blood that come directly from the heart. And no, no amount of persuasion from a government that these are mild cases would persuade us as medical people or scientific people that mild myocarditis uh, is anything other than you know, it's a it's a canard. You know, you get when you have myocarditis, it means inflammatory damage to the heart that does not regenerate and positions the the poor victims uh, for an uncertain future. So that's what I would have to say, and uh, I, I'm I'm very upset about it. I'm not surprised by it. I'm afraid I think it's deliberate, and I have not changed my view since the December 2020. No, and I would agree with you. I have not changed my views either, based on studying the science as closely as possible, and also looking at the injuries that, that I can see in my own patients and how we can document the damage and all of the papers that are being published by reputable people. And I know most of the authors of that paper personally as well as you do. And I just think that the integrity and the urgency for getting this information out is absolutely critical because people's lives are at stake. 
And Andrea Klarich in Croatia, you are on the ground there with information coming in from other countries in Europe. And you had some information to share with us about a recent Swedish study as well, which goes along with what we've just been talking about from this particular study by the American team. We seem to have lost our guest from Croatia, so we will pick him up shortly. Sorry, and... here I am. Here I am. Okay, sorry. welcome okay, back. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Well, uh, as you, you mentioned about this Swedish, I thought about this uh, Swiss study, what already mentioned Dr. Yidden. And that's what I'm talk, uh, thinking about. But there's additional thing. Uh, there's a new study because we are talking here about censorship, what is very important. And there is a new study that came out in the New England Journal of Medicine. And this study is referring on a additional study, what was published in 2021 in Israel. And according to that study, they decided to approve for children booster, for others also booster, because they showed that it was 95% effectiveness. Now, this study uh, refers on that study from the 2021 that said there was no such uh, um, data who shows that 90%, 95% was effectiveness. It seems that there was no effectiveness because there was no difference between people who get boosted and who didn't concerning the diet from, from uh, COVID-19. Underlying health plays the sub uh, substantial role, not boosting. And now we know that they approved vaccine in Israel according to the bias study. And that's the reason is why they censoring everything because in front they know whatever paper come out, what doesn't support the agenda, they try to censor it. And now we have the same case. Uh, I think there's a lots of wrong in this new scientific uh, papers and not only papers in this, um, uh, uh, not, not only studies, but the Lancet, uh, New uh, England Journal of Medicine, all of them retracted more than 300 papers from last three years because of bad data. Now they're retracting papers according the officials were deciding about approving these vaccines. Oh, that's, that's horrifying, uh, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes, I do remember the uh, the, the, is the Israel study, and I, I remember being um, incredulous at the claim that they had made. Um, and, and you may or may not be familiar with, uh, there's a gentleman in London, Professor Norman Fenton, F-E-N-T-O-N. -E you can look him up. He has his own website because he's censored off every piece of social media. I would describe him as a forensic statistician may not be the correct description, but he's a man that understands manipulation of data uh, for legal purposes. He's often been an e expert witness in disputed cases. He has looked at the claims for efficacy uh, from all of these vaccine manufacturers. And, and there's a key point to communicate to the audience. Do you remember everybody, ladies and gentlemen, being told 
you're not fully vaccinated until I think it was 14 days after after the jab. That means if you were injured or died in the first 14 days after you were injected, you were counted as unvaccinated. Now, I, I know as a toxicology experienced person, this is just ludicrous. It's a way of eliminating from early adverse events and deaths, uh, ascribing appropriately um, the cause to the recent injection. Uh, and so those are the kind of tricks that we see pulled all the time. And I'm afraid that particular one was also pulled in manufacturing efficacy out of thin air by a manipulation of that kind. I haven't described it correctly because I don't properly understand it, but Norman Fenton has said, I've seen things like this in the past by mistake, but this one's quite deliberate. And if you well, basically- Well, Dr. Heaton, it, yeah. it, supports, it supports your statement that it's deliberate yeah. when they already knew from the clinical trial data that yeah. the deaths were occurring in the majority of deaths within mm. 14 days of the shot. That's, that's right. That's what this autopsy, this 2023 autopsy review study just confirmed. What did they say? The majority of the deaths were occurring within 14 days of the shot or the booster. What an amazing coincidence. What an what amazing, an amazing coincidence. coincidence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly right. In other words, they knew that that was the window of risk of death. And yeah. so they they deliberately set the definition of fully vaccinated after that window of risk. It's, yeah. it's unconscionable. It's, it it's a heinous lie that is causing death around the world. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it, I mean, it's it's devilishly clever. As you say, they they understood they they picked that time deliberately. They must have known it from the clinical trials, and the effect of it was to cheat their way to efficacy, uh, and also to allow them to put their hands up and say, "Not our vaccine," to to the deaths that were early, which was most of them. Uh, it's unbelievably cynical. And also, we have to add this: remind our listeners. You know that from the start, they were talking about relative risk reduction when they are talking about mm -hmm. efficacy. They never mentioned that it's important absolute risk reduction. And absolute risk reduction from the start was before, between 0 0.8 to 1.3%. Uh, and they said there are more than 95% efficacy. Uh, they've done it the same thing from the start. And that paper even come up in the, the Lancet, where they even laughing at it. But it passed because they have a huge promotion. That's yeah. exactly right. And thanks for bringing that up. Yes, Let's take you. a break here. And we'll be right back after the break. This is Dr. Lean for America with the Whistleblower Report from Truth for Health Foundation. Here today with the International Vaccine Report with Dr. Mike Eden and Andrea Kraric from Croatia. We will be right back. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org, and download our vaccine injury treatment guide so that you have guidance on what to do to get properly tested and what treatment is available if you've gotten the COVID shot and you've noticed changes in your health and having more problems that you didn't have before. We are here to help you. So please 
check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org. We'll be right back after the break with more discussion on all of these important vaccine issues and threats to your health. This message is from the Truth For Health Foundation. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Sigloff, a family medicine physician and a major in the U.S. Army. The following are only my opinions. Service members are being coerced to participate in medical experimentation, with over 7,500 service members being discharged for refusing to participate. Many of them have lost their retirement and medical benefits. There are allegations that the DOD is committing medical fraud, violating the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and violating the constitutional rights of service members. Strong men and women stand ready to defend so that you can sleep peacefully through the night. Now we must stand watch over the military so they can sleep peacefully through the night. Please get involved to help protect the military. This message brought to you by the Truth For Health Foundation. For more information, please visit truthforhealth.org. That is truthforhealth.org. Truth, the word for, health.org. second half of the whistleblower report vaccine international report with dr mike eden andrea klarich from croatia and dr lee for america and we were talking in the first segment about recent studies that have shown staggering damage and death after the covid shot and the censorship of those studies to prevent people from understanding the risk which in turn prevents them from getting treatment for these complications of the COVID shot. And we know now that at least in America, 81% of Americans have received at least one COVID shot. And that 81% of our entire population deserve having honest and truthful answers about the risk so that they can get proper medical diagnostic evaluations and medical treatment for these vaccine-induced injuries. Dr. Yeadon, you had several things you wanted to bring up in the second half, so let's turn to you first for that. Yes, if I may, I know they're not related to the to vaccine um, injuries and repression, but, but they, are, uh, they, they do come as a pair. So just very briefly, late 60s, early 1970s, uh, a group was formed called the Club of Rome, and they were charged with considering what uh, economic development of the world could look like you know, over several decades. And they quite quickly came out with a report called Limits to Growth. And they asserted that the growth of population and meeting the needs of that population of the world would inevitably overburden the environment and lead to a popul- you know, lead to a civilizational collapse. Uh, and they've updated their reports periodically. Now, um, I can't say, of course, what will happen in the future, but I would say I would bet on human ingenuity and adaptation because we've done it many times. And I think there's no evidence whatsoever that we're about to you know, tip the world into, into a crisis. So the two factors that that group alighted upon, to te- in my view, to terrify the population into accepting global solutions uh, were global problems, the first of which was pandemics, and they've been rehearsing them for at least 25 years. There's clear public domain evidence of it. And I think I think this pandemic, I think, is a fraud. And I think they've terrified people by captured media, 
medics and, and others to accept vaccinations which are deliberately harmful. So that's, a, that's one thing. The other, the other thing they picked in the late 60s was that there would be international and would require a, a global response would be if the climate was changing. Now, in my view, there's not any strong evidence for climate change at all, let alone for man's contribution. What we know is about a one degree mean surface temperature increase since 1880. It's not even agreed that it's dangerous. It's not clear what human contribution there is, but you wouldn't know that from the TV where everybody is bellowing at you that it's your fault for having a car or for going on a holiday on a plane. And what you see day after day is a relentless, it's propaganda. If you haven't spotted it, I'm just telling you it's propaganda. And I've got three quick examples of things that I think are so bad that you surely must see that they're ludicrous. And the number one is we've been talking about global warming for decades, but a couple of days ago, the UN Secretary General sat in an empty room and addressed the, 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 you know, the cameras there to say, we've gone beyond global warming. We are now at global boiling. They're literally telling you global boiling. It's just ludicrous. Nothing much has changed wherever you are. Contact your friends around the world. Everything is pretty much normal. That's one thing, just the absurd language. They've really gone too far. The next is in my country, the lovely British Broad Broadcasting Corporation, the BBC, uh, generally trusted, and in, indeed by me until 2020, uh, they have been lying overtly and have had to apologise for these lies. They have been reporting wildfires in Greece, at least Greece and in other places. It's very hot in the Mediterranean in the summer. And I'm afraid occasionally people set fire to things, either by flicking a cigarette into the dry tinder. I think sometimes they do it for devilment. I think some of them may even be paid to go and do it. So they were saying on the news that these wildfires are caused by climate change. And there was such a hand of protest, they have had to back off and say, we got that wrong. And that's because the Greek government came out with a statement to say, in our view, these fires are largely arson. So that was the second example of just lies that they had to retract. And the third one that you may not know about, that you see on your TV that they've colorized the weather maps. They always have done. So the closer it gets to red, the hotter it is, the closer it gets to blue, the colder it is. If you look closely, you will find they've changed the colorizing of your map. They've changed it in every country at the same time. I point out to people that when you see things changing simultaneously in multiple countries, you can only ascribe it to supranational action. It's another example of it. And the worst part, they've been using 40 numbers in Europe. Now, it's exceptional for the temperature to reach 40 anywhere in Europe. It does do it occasionally. Um, but what they've been doing and they've been found out is they were using satellites-based temperature measurements of the ground. You, we've always measured the temperature in the air, in the shade, and they, they've been found out. They've been using the ground temperature. Now, you know this. If you, if you step onto a tarmac road with bare feet on a, on a hot day, you can be scalded, and that's because the black surface of the road can get to any temperature, depending on how long the sun's on it but the air temperature is probably in the 30s. And indeed, when you strip out the, this fraud of giving you ground temperatures, the temperatures are warm, uh, typical for July in the 30s. So three bits of lying, 
And it ties back exactly with what I told you five minutes ago about the Club of Rome, um, the population problems, and they were going to use pandemics and climate to frighten you. So don't be frightened. Uh, nothing's happening. They're just It's just propaganda. Well, and it's all, as you said, and as Andrea was pointing out, and as Professor Fenton in England has pointed out, it's all distortion and deliberate manipulation of statistics and measurement techniques. Look at all the examples we have, the fraudulent PCR tests, running it at high cycles to gin up the false positive, measuring ground temperature instead of air temperature, which was historically done. All of the things calling COVID cases instead of sick people and just basing cases on a positive test instead of someone who's actually symptomatic and sick. They've changed every measurement we have traditionally used in medicine and science and environmental measures. They've altered the measurement and altered the statistics to escalate fear and use it for propaganda to terrorize the population, exactly as was planned by the Club of Rome and others beginning in the 60s and 70s, exactly as you said. Yeah. And also just Maybe, to pick up no. a point, a very good point Andrew made uh, about propaganda, censorship, um, is the what has happened over the last few decades is the conglomeration of media organizations. They've rolled up into uh, a very small number of very large combines that pretty much covers the broadcast and print media and radio of the world. Uh, and that has given them awesome power to exclude people like us so you don't hear from us very easily and to just rain propaganda through your TV, which they do simultaneously in multiple countries. And again, if you thought you had an independent media and you check what's being made out to be big stories in neighboring countries and you find it's the same thing, I think that should support in your mind that what I'm telling you is true, what Andrew was telling you is true, is that propaganda and censorship are, I mean, I've never experienced them myself because I was a normie until 2020. And I've, I've realized to my horror how enormously powerful censorship uh, and propaganda are. And we're not, we are not in the, in the West. I don't think we are alert to it. Um, that, that's a problem. I have to add for something with <laughs> What said Dr. Yidden? Uh, well, I read a paper uh, where it said that 94% of uh, measuring stations in the United States are uh, showing wrong information about temperature because they are put in the wrong places. They're put in the middle of the city, very close to the other heating positions. And uh, that's why we cannot look at the this data of uh, temperatures on the right way. We have to remeasure it uh, immediately again. Additional thing, what is interesting, I know that in, in uh, Greece, uh, there is a law what permit uh, that uh, if, for example, some forest burned out, then they turn it in the, uh, in the land for, for um, construction. And that's why lots of people start burning lots of land just to get permission to build something there. 
I'm not sure if now is the case in, in Greece right now, but I know that was a big scandal a few years ago because it was so many forest uh, fires there. And now they concluded that people was uh, potentially fire it just to, to get permission to build something there. And that's why we have to look in all the details because some details are showing what was really intention behind this. And now at last in Croatia was big storm two weeks ago. And uh, after that storm, really hard one. After that storm, uh, there was in all paper, not only papers, but in all media was uh, uh, subject was climate changes. And people who are the loudest in this promotion of climate changes, all of them are members of Club of Rome from Croatia. Wow. Croatian wow. members of Club of Rome. And uh, they studied there, they were supported by them and also the main uh, climatologists, we can say climatologists, they are meteorologists, not climatologists, but anyhow, yeah. uh, the main one is member of Club of Rome and he's in charge in Croatia. And after wow. they mm -hmm. made this promotion last two weeks, I now, uh, for the next week, I have interview uh, with the lady, Freeland, Elena Freeland, who read four books about technology, what name is HARP. That's mm. high, that's high uh, frequency, activate Aurora research program. Yeah. And in these books, she explains how they have technology to have big impact on weather, especially on storms. And why I mentioned this, I want everybody to see this uh, uh, show next week, next mm -hmm. uh, Friday and Sunday. That's why I will not talk a lot about it. But what is important? You know how they're calling when they, uh, when, when chemtrails put these uh, uh, heavy metals in the ionosphere, and then they are heating this ionosphere. You mm -hmm. know how they're calling this? Boiling. Yeah. Ah. Very They're using word boiling. Yes, yeah. they are boiling this. And now I will not say nothing, but yeah. when Guterres says we are now past to the uh, time when we have boiling, and I have to think what kind of boiling he thinks. Very interesting. I, I, I have something to add here scientifically. So people will say oh dr eden does, isn't a climate expert i do not claim to be a scientific uh, climate expert but i'm a pretty decent scientist i've been reading uh, scientific literature for over 40 years and i'm beginning to read my way quite adeptly into the climate change literature uh, and i'm finding my peers uh, that is experienced climate scientists who said hold on a minute i don't think what we're saying is correct and i'll tell you what happens to those people they lose their jobs they are smeared and they are excluded and you find them in minority channels. So I, I'm now in touch with several of these people, but I've done my own reading and you can do it, ladies and gentlemen. The IPCC um, uh, group is a subsidiary group set up by the United Nations uh, and it's there to evaluate the science of climate change. And they separate it into a number of factors. One is the scientific report. And the other one is, as it were, the uh, report for policymakers, which is really just politics. The, the latter always comes out before the science report. So when you hear the latest deliberations from this committee, you can be sure it's the political. It's like a summary for policymakers. 
do you know what? They only issue the science report six months later by the time everyone's lost interest. What I've done is read the science reports. Explicitly, the IPCC says we do not ascribe to climate change uh, increase in extreme weather events. So they're saying that's not what we're seeing. So hurricanes, wildfires, that kind of stuff, they're not seeing any trend whatsoever over the last 100 years. So there's been a gradual one degree increase since 1880, maybe a little more, and uh, increases in CO2, but not extreme weather events, either frequency or intensity. So what Andrew told you uh, is correct, but I'm telling you that's a scientific lie that not even the IPCC is claiming that. That's right. I would like to add this. I had the interview with uh, uh, Elsa Widing from Swedish Parliament. She's the mm. expert for, for uh, energy. And she was explaining everything exactly what also IPCC says. IPCC says that we are out of this uh, um, urgency concerning the climate. We will for sure come up to this two uh, degrees Celsius because we are already in 1.5. But mm -hmm. nothing will happen. No. Because the same temperature was 2,000 years ago. This is completely crazy. And she's explained that this, uh, she says that we need more science in politics and less politics in the science. And that I invite is, everybody. Great, that's yeah. a powerful statement. And that's exactly what we've been seeing, not only in science, but in medicine as well. Too much political narrative suppressing medically sound, accurate data to support a destructive and lethal medical agenda that is leading, leading deliberately to excess deaths. So you're exactly right. I love that quote. And you'll have to uh, send me that and the scientists who said it, because that's one that we need to use often, Andrea. Are there yeah. other points that you're seeing on the ground in Croatia that you want our listeners around the world to be aware of? Well, uh, I think that... Uh in my uh, profile in uh, my uh, x profile twitter x twitter now is x profile i publishing everything here also all my interviews and i covering even these climate changes and i covering all other aspects why because now i try to make a big picture you know these all of these are puzzles puzzles are climate changes puzzles are uh, uh, pandemic, puzzles are dig digital, uh, central bank digital currency, puzzles are also uh, this uh, great reset, uh, what is coming from WEF, uh, and also 17 goals of Agenda 2030. When you see all these puzzles, they will bring huge picture. And in this picture, you will see that everything what they are telling us is just political promotion with their goals, not science, not proof, nothing. They have hidden interest. And this hidden interest, you will see it, unfortunately, is, according to my opinion, they want to depopulate uh, our, uh, our Earth because they think there are too many of us, what is not truth. 
and others they want to put in society who look similar like China today. And they're not hiding that at all. And now all of these things, what we are talking about, these are tools to do it. And that's why I invite everybody in my uh, Twitter uh, profile to see things because I'm publishing also in my channel where I have interview with the experts. And when you, when you take a look on all these interviews, all these documents, because always I put below uh, a video, I put documents if you want to read more. If you don't, uh, if you don't believe, read it by yourself. You don't have to believe me. You have to believe yourself. And when you read it, when you go in this deep, then you see that's a big picture. And all of these are just puzzles for the big picture. Well, I think you're exactly right. And I know that all of us are experiencing the lies and censorship, and that's why we're all working so hard to bring this out. I want to mention a new initiative that all three of us are part of through your association with the Whistleblower Report and Truth for Health Foundation. Uh, you are now on our advisory council, Andrea, representing Croatia, and Dr. Mike Eden has been our chief scientific officer really since 2021 when I reactivated the foundation. And we are working in collaboration with Todd Callender and Vax Choice and Disabled Rights Advocates to participate in their new platform called Truth Hub, launching August 1st, 2023. And every one of our programs that is broadcast on Truth Hub will be simultaneously translated into languages of people around the world. This is going to be transformative in making information available uncensored and immediately as soon as we brought as we are broadcasting in English people can click on the broadcast and have simultaneous translation in 72 languages and 96 dialects. This is truly life-changing in access to information because it means that all of the work that all of us have been doing to try and desperately warn humanity and, and fight against the censorship, it means we have another way to break the back of the censorship and those powers that are trying to destroy human life, plant life, and in fact, the life of the planet with changing the climate and blocking out the sun and all of the demonic things that they are trying to do to affect life on this planet as we know it. So for you and, and Dr. Yeadon to know that all of our efforts will soon be reaching people in their own language around the world. And this whistleblower report, every time we do one, when it's posted there on Truth Hub, People can click on the button and hear it in their own language. This is major breakthrough, and I'm honored to have both of you. Dr. Eden, any closing comments? And Andrea, any closing comments in the yep. time we have left today? I've just got I've got one quick one. While we've been on the air, a friend of my me, a friend of mine has contacted me to say 
that Canterbury City Council, the city I live in that was meant to be a pilot 15-minute city, has withdrawn that from its plan to segment the city into five zones. Uh, Fantastic uh, news! Uh, so I, I hats off to whoever did it. Um, and in addition, well, you were same, part of that speaking out. Yeah, I, I did. And in addition, the, the same fellow let me know that an application for the installation of a huge 5G mask a mast in the city has also been declined. So we're feeling really quite pleased uh, at the local effort. So oh. we, we're talking globally, but we must all act local. Thank the Lord. I, I mean, that that just is truly that gives me goosebumps to hear that yeah. citizen action. And, and you have been a leading spokesperson yourself, Dr. Eden, along with many others. Um, I remember the woman from Glastonbury, England, yeah. who spoke so powerfully against all of this. It's individual citizen action. Andrea and all of the millions of Croatian people that stood against the vaccine passport, all of the millions of people coming together around the world, all of us who have been risking our reputation, our lives, our livelihood to speak the truth because we care about humanity. And we're not doing it for money, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. We are here at risk personally to warn people to help save lives. I'm just so honored to be able to work with both of you and all of the others on our team. This is an inspiring message you've just brought as we close today's message. Well, uh, honor is mutual. <laughs> Maybe I can just one thing not to forget. It's it concerns first part of our show today. When you, uh, in this video you put inside and uh, this guy was asking himself uh, why they are censoring, what, what kind of impact this new study can have on, um, for example, vaccine hesitancy. And I have to add to this, uh, there was a Sorensen report and they made a poll and they were asking, uh, it was United States, and they were asking uh, households, member of households in the United States, and there's uh, 30 million members. And they were asking them, uh, is anybody from this, their house, household died from COVID? And 10% said, yes. That's much higher than usual number, but okay, we have to go through this, what is household, you know, it's uh, maybe just a, a family or even more. But addition to this, 10% people said that a member of household died from vaccine. And that is the main reason why people have a, hesit a vaccine hesitancy. Nothing else except that they all of them, they already know somebody who died or uh, get injured from the vaccine. And this is the pull from the people. And that's why no paper can make a change something people already know. That's exactly right. People are waking up in part because of the tragedy all around them. And the fact that practically Everybody I talk to now, and I'm sure it's true for both of you, knows someone who has been injured by the COVID shot. America and the world listening, 
This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report from Truth for Health Foundation. Check our website, www.truthforhealth.org. We are here to be the voice of truth against the lies and deception that are robbing you of your life, your health, and your freedom. Join us each week with our international vaccine report team and our international team reporting on all, all of the threats to your health, Dr. Yeadon, Andrea Klerich, and Dr. Jonathan Gilthorpe from Sweden. And we are having other guests each week as well. Thank you for joining us today. Stand against evil, speak out, and join our crusade. Donate to support our work. We are here to help you find resources for health, resilience, and survival. We'll be back next week.